Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Proclaim Emancipation podcast. This episode, I'm going to be discussing the more spiritual side of things and how everything is inside of you. Everything that you need is already inside of you. It's already there. Um, the title is a little bit of a play on words, obviously, because uh, we, we all know in the truther community, the 9-11 obviously was you know an inside job. It was all planned out and orchestrated by rogue elements of our own governments. And, you know, that, that's 20 years old now, but it's a, it's a bigger metaphor for what the universe is and where we are and the state of our dysfunction. Everything is inside of us. The external world is a function or a, um, a view on our mass internal world, if that makes sense. Like, so in a larger worldly scale, if, you know, you have millions of billions of people that their inside world is hell they're dysfunctional they're you know they're not in touch with their true self it it comes out on the worldly scale it comes out in these famines these wars and all these things that are done to people that are just horrible you know good happy people don't hurt other people that's just not how it works hurt you know the old saying hurt people hurt people and it's very true because you don't have people that are just happy out there going around and just taking people's lunch money and whatever it is. You know, bullies, you know, bullies in school, they're usually bullied at home by their parents or something or a big brother. So we've created this cycle within society where people get raised by bullies, you know, go on to be bullies. And, you know, like these are really, you know, if you're in the truth community, you know about these elite families and these elite groups. A lot of them, like especially these families, they raise their kids abusing them, sexually abusing them, doing all this stuff to, to develop all this hate inside of them. And then they go and take it out on the entire world because that's all they know is hate. They don't know love. They only know hate. So when we have mass amounts of people, not just these elites, that only know hate, they don't know true love, they don't know kindness, they don't know how to treat another human as if it's yourself, we get to the state of the function like we are now. So if you haven't read it yet, uh, you need to read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Fantastic book. Uh, basically, it's talking all about being present in the moment. Now, when you're depressed, you are living in the past. You're thinking about the past. You're worried about the past. When you're anxious or stressed, you're worried about the future. So either one, and if you're both, then you know, you're know you worried about the past and you're worried about the future. You're not living in the present moment. You're not living it moment by moment because that's all there is. That's all there is is this moment right now. That's it. There's no future. There is no past. The only moment is right now. Now, a lot of this is like the power now is a great intro to spirituality. It's a great intro to the you know these dynamics of the universe and the human body human mind human spirit you know i don't, I don't even know if it's human spirit whatever you know the light the light beings that we are embodied in these physical forms it's very unnatural it's you know it, we're not this isn't our normal this isn't our true true self our true form and when we're raised by our parents who were raised by their parents who were all influenced by society influenced by culture movies tv music all this stuff that's going on it turns us into what we believe is us, and that's what the ego is. The ego functions very similar to, say, Watiko. 
like I talked about in a previous episode with Tico, you know, the Archons. It, there's been many different names through many different cultures and religions and societies. But the idea is that it's this egoic, the, basically the one that everyone kind of understands is the ego, which is this false sense of self that's created by our um, all the events in our lives, the people around us, the media that we take in. It forms this egoic self. And what you really have to be able to do, and the power of now really talks about how to do it and what you need to do, is basically to be a watcher of your own mind. Because the mind is the ego. Your thoughts are not necessarily your own thoughts. Because when you are being present, you're not thinking. The mind needs time. The mind needs time to be able to function and understand this world, which the mind, you know, obviously the mind is, is great for functioning in this physical reality, but, you know, probably 90% of the time it's working against us. We have to work against our own mind to be able to function correctly, it's, you know, be present in the moment. So as long as we're worried about clock time, let's call it clock time as he does in the book, then you're not living in the moment. Because there is no time. Time is an illusion. I'm sure you've heard this before, but it, you know, time is an illusion. There is no time. The only thing there is is right now. So time as a clock and all that has been created for us to be able to manage this physical realm, manage things so that we can go to work and all that crap. It puts us, you know, it puts us in a sense of in a kind of prison because we're prisoners to time. You know, your time's gonna run out. You're eventually gonna die someday, a hundred years from now, whatever it is. You're worried about the time. You're worried about what the future may bring. You're worried about what the past was instead of living in the moment. Now, this has been huge for me because, well, for me, I, I've i kind of dropped out of researching all the conspiracy stuff and all that because I realized, well, one, not all of it affects me. Most of it does not affect my life in the slightest. And two, all it is is trying to worry about the past or discover the past or you know see what's coming in the future when in reality if you're present in the moment none of that matters and you can create the future that you want but there you know you know I say that but there's you know you can't create the future all you can do is live in the present but create the present that you want which leads to clock time future where you are you know wherever you want to be a big part of it too is assume that it's already done. When you're thinking about the past, when you're setting goals for the future, assume that that goal is already met. Assume that it's already there. You're just, you got to tune yourself to that certain frequency to get there, if that makes sense. There's no time in the future where you're, okay, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do that thing, I'm going to get a house, and I'm going to be happy. I know personally that doesn't work. You know, I think you think you want a house, you think you need a wife to be complete or whatever. But really, none of that matters if you're not complete within yourself. That's, you know, that's huge. That's huge because we are constantly looking to the external for solutions to internal problems. Nothing materially is going to liberate you from, from the mind, from the ego. You know, it, thinking and consciousness, they're not, they're not synonymous. They're not the same. Consciousness is it's this it's a deep sense of awareness without actually thinking so it's you know it means different things to different people 
you know, thinking, obviously we know what thinking is. We got our minds racing and all that. To be truly present, you have to relax all that. You have to, this is where, um, you know, for a lot of people, psychedelics have come in because I know, you know, it's been a very long time since I have, but when I did do same mushrooms in the past, you, it takes you out of that mind and then you can, you can see your mind from an, like an outside view. Cause you're sitting there thinking, you're like, why am I thinking these thoughts? Why am I worried about this? Why am I worried? That was one of the number one things that I took away from shrooms when I did it years ago was that there's these thoughts in my head that I, that are there. And when you can step, it's almost like, you know, how you see dimensions and all that. Think of it like a circle and a circle and a circle, you know, your base, the smaller circle on the inside, like the core, that's, you know, your base level egoic thoughts. And then if you go a step outside of that, you can see, you can listen to those thoughts, watch those thoughts and be like, okay, why am I having these thoughts? Where are they coming from? And then there's a step outside of that, you know, body, mind, soul is how I see it, or body, mind, spirit, you know, whatever you want to call it. And you're, you know, and then the true, true self above all that is able to essentially hear those thoughts that are being created by the egoic mind and then listen to those thoughts. And then another step outside of that is not accepting any of those thoughts as you, not judging any of those thoughts, but being in a state of awareness of all of that and not accepting that as you. Because it's not you. Your thoughts are not you. Your ego is not you. You are a higher spiritual being. You're here for a purpose, and your purpose isn't to sit here and listen to the crazy thoughts going on in your head. It's much, much bigger than that. A big thing that people are dealing with, especially today, are emotions. You know, there's a lot of emotional people out there, and really, emotions are just the body's reaction to your mind. You know, what happens when you feel an emotion? You literally you feel an emotion in your body. It's not necessarily in your head, in your mind. It is the body reacting, you, you're, you start sweating, your pupils dilate, you know, whatever emotion it may be, it's a reaction to the mind. So you're, you think something and then your body reacts to it. So you need to watch these emotions and be able to, you know, it's for very emotional people, especially, you know, like I, I have to deal with this where you can react to something emotionally and it's very, very hard to pull yourself out of that and look at it from the outside, you know, as I practice through this stuff, it, it gets better. It, get, it definitely gets easier over time to do this. But, you know, for the longest time, it was like I would have an emotion, especially in the older relationships, I'd have an emotion, and it would take me 30 minutes at least. It was like the 30-minute rule, I called it, whereas I need, if there's something happens or there's an argument, whatever there is, there's a high emotional state, I need 30 minutes to get away and then think about it. And then after that 30 minutes, 99% of the time, I would relax my mind think about it like okay why did i react this way but you need to get to a point i need to get to a point especially where it, you don't need that 30 minutes you're able to step outside of that emotional state almost immediately and recognize it and move on from that you know it's it's definitely tough because a lot of a lot of emotion reaction is has to do with pain uh you know Fear, anger is usually an emotional reaction to some sort of pain internally, subconsciously, you know, externally. There's many different types of pain. Um, what Eckhart Tolle talks about is called the pain body, which you can see as almost this separate self where 
because of some emotional trauma or physical pain or whatever in the past, it's almost like this is what MK Ultra was kind of about, was traumatizing people to create these separate personalities. Now, that was a totally different thing that was, you know, a research into that and using drugs and sexual trauma and all this stuff to create a separate personality in somebody that you can control. It's a mind control thing. Now they kind of do that on a mass scale with TV and movies and stuff like that, showing all these crazy images and traumatizing people with all these crazy images. You know, think about when you were a kid and you watched a movie or something that you probably shouldn't have watched. Did it traumatize you? Because I remember watching, I mean, it may sound silly, but I remember watching Twister, that movie with the tornadoes when I was like five. And I had so many dreams and nightmares about tornadoes and stuff. I was terrified of tornadoes for years because of a movie. And it's like, you think about that. It's like, how much do these movies when we're younger have an impact on our mental state in the future? Like literally traumatize us to the point where we have nightmares for years about, you know, if you watch Jaws, maybe sharks. You know I mean? How many people were scared of the ocean for years? These movies and stuff have a great, great impact on us. We've transitioned as a society away from oral storytelling, you know, like the Native Americans, where it's all oral, it's all oral traditions, to a point where our traditions are passed through movies and TV. We see these stuff on, a, on our screens, on our black mirrors, and they're, you know, they're played to us, and we're made to think that's how it was. You watch Saving Private Ryan, it's like, oh, that's how the war was. You know, most of this is revisionist history. Most of these movies are revisionist history, like, I don't, I don't want to get into that. There's, there's just a lot of movies out there. You know, documentaries are usually fake, and then the, the fantasy stuff has the truth in it. And that's kind of what it seems like where it's been for a couple decades now with movies. But it's, it truly is a sense of programming, especially the, like the horror movies and stuff like that. That is traumatizing. You know, it's very unnatural to the human body to be watching stuff on screen with all these flashing images and music to it and all that it's it's a sense of programming it gets to you on a subconscious level all the flashing lights and stuff there's there's a reason there's so many flashing lights in movies and tv shows you know how many horror shows and horror movies have flashing lights in them for whatever reason the lights are always flickering the images are always flickering there's a reason for that it's it's subconsciously programming your mind Especially the music, too. If you take music out of a horror movie, it's, it's dumb. It's really, really dumb. They create this sense of suspense and all that. That's a totally separate thing. You know, just know that, obviously, movies are creating trauma-based problems in your mind and creating a, almost this pain body that you're going to react separate. So, if, say, for example, with the pain body, you have someone, you're dating somebody, and they're a real nice person, blah, 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 and something happens. Some emotional trigger happens, their parents say something, whatever it is, and they almost like, they snap. They snap and they're like a totally different person. It's like, you know, you look at this person, you're like, who are you? Where did this come from? That is, it's literally not that person. It is a manifestation of this pain body uh, that is basically just taking control of that person. It's, it's, it's an emotional control over, over the people. That's... That's what MK Ultra was all about. If you can show somebody an image, you can say a word, and you can trigger them to go into this altered state. That's what it's all about. That is mind control. That's what that's what they're doing. It's a natural human trauma-based mind control. And this has been done on a mass scale. You know, look at 9-11. 9-11, we showed planes going in the towers, people jumping out of buildings, and what did we do? We went and bombed the crap out of the Middle East. Whoever we wanted, we bombed all these countries 
did all this stuff because we saw stuff on TV. You know, what if we didn't see that on TV? Who knows? You know, who knows what happened? But that's what they have to do. They have to do these big ritualistic trauma-based, you know, events that get us on a mass scale to accept whatever they want to do. Now, obviously, there's negative emotions, and that's part of it. But positive emotions aren't even... They're part of something higher. The higher, the positive emotions like, you know, love, joy, peace. These are states of being. There's not necessarily emotions. They are from a higher, a higher mind. Your truer self. That you're when you feel true love, joy, and peace, you're in a better connection to your true self, your higher purpose, the love, and you know, a closer to God, closer to source. And it, it's, you know, obviously anybody that's been in love, you know, been in true joy, been at true peace knows that it's, it's different than a, a negative emotion because you feel it because the negative emotion, it kind of controls your body. A positive emotion is like, you just feel higher, you feel lighter, you feel, I mean, obviously more peaceful. You just feel more connected in the present and you're not living in the past, you're not living in the future, you're living in the present when you're feeling those emotions. Like if you're in love with someone and you're cuddling with them, you're not worried about 10, 10 days from now, you're not worried about what happened 20 years ago. You're in that moment, you're relaxing, you know, oxytocin's being released in your brain. And just being in that more present moment, it's just, I mean, there's no other better feeling. Now a big thing that people need to be aware of too is the difference between pleasure and joy. Pleasure is a very external thing. Pleasure is something of the body. Uh, you know, say something like sex or a drug, you're getting a pleasure out of it. Food, this, this is all external pleasure. Joy comes from within. Joy, you have to be able to create yourself or create with other people. But it's an internal thing. You're not going to find joy out of, you know, what, whatever it is externally. Just whatever it is externally. You're going to find joy within yourself. Just being with family and being, you know, calm at home, you know, just sitting around talking, whatever, that that's that can be very joyous. It can be obviously very stressful if you have negative emotions associated with your family and all that, but the joy that is found from family, from true love, from being safe and at peace is wonderful. Just remember that life is always now. There you know, we're always you gotta work for life and life is now. You can't work against life. If you're using drugs you're you know watching tv or whatever you're not living in the moment you're living in a past you're trying to numb those those feelings you're numbing yourself to usually what something that you need to do if you're drinking every day you're running away from something if you're using some drugs every day you're running away from something whether it be some emotions you're running away from trauma you're just running away from your true self there's something so you kind of one big thing too is you always have to accept the moment for whatever it is if there's something bad happening to you you have to accept it as part of the journey if you work against it you try to find find ways around it you prolong it you lie about it it's only going to cause more problems for you in the future the quicker you're honest with yourself and people around you about something and you can live in that moment and accept it it's going to be way better off for you and everybody else around you. This, you know, I mean, I used to lie a lot to my parents because my parents, you know, my mom was very, very, 
you know, up our butts about everything and, you know, just kind of that helicoptery parent. And when you, when it's a environment like that, you kind of learn to just lie because it's easier. It's easier to deal with it when you, you know, you're being probed. It seems like 24 seven with questions and everything. It just becomes easier to lie about things, but it's only easier for a little bit. Eventually that adds up. Eventually you get to the point where you're lying about random things that don't even matter because you think it's easier. It's always, always better to be honest. Always. Because then that doesn't weigh on your conscious. That doesn't weigh on you. You know, yeah, if you're, if you're honest and you, you know, you get in trouble with your parents or whatever it is, it, it might suck for a little bit, but down the line, they're going to trust you more. Things are going to be better overall. They're not going to worry about you as much because if you're going to be honest, you know, it, it, it makes all the world the difference. The, the pain body, it, it feeds on negativity and the negativity associated with the pain. So basically, the thing like the pain body will create a situation in your life that reflects back on its energy frequency for it to feed on. So this kind of ties into like Watiko and you know, the mass psychosis of people where we are replaying our trauma so that this, we can feed on the negativity or like this ego can feed on the negativity. Now, obviously that's not what we want. Obviously we don't want to completely be replaying our trauma. You know, that, that's what you see a lot with, um, say like child molesters, child molesters, they generally tend to replay their childhood on someone else because they think that's how it is. Or they, want someone else to share in their trauma or something it's some sort of deep psychological thing that you know i don't know how much we truly understand about it but there there's a reason why you know like i said before hurt people hurt people that it's very true another thing to realize too is that you can't fight the pain body you can't fight that negativity you have to you have to bring it to the light you have to bring it to the light because darkness can't live when the presence of light Darkness is the absence of light. So you shine a light on it, you bring it to the light, you expose it, it has no power. It has no power over you. You do need to focus your some of your attention on the pain body, but you need to not identify yourself with it. You need to recognize it, accept it, accept that it is there, but don't think about it. If that makes sense, it's it's a general state of awareness of consciousness of the pain body. You can't judge or analyze it. You just have to be present and observe it. Be that silent watcher. And then, like I discussed earlier, also be 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 aware and observe the one who observes, quote unquote. You got to observe the pain body and then observe. The consciousness that is observing the pain body if that makes sense so there's, there's a lot of layers to consciousness there's a lot of well i think mostly there's i think that's where the trinity comes from it's body mind spirit you know is father son holy spirit as you used to say and kind of that's true like father son holy spirit so if we're the son and then our mind is the father and then the holy spirit is our spirit you know that that's i think that's where that derives from you know a lot of people are like obsessed with the trinity i don't I don't know. I think I, I, I don't want to get into religion. It's everything's much bigger in religion. This is this is beyond all religions. So it's something. To, I mean, it's something that religions all talk about, but 
there's a lot of other clouded clouded things and clouded judgments within religion that cause a lot of problems on a mass scale. But I think that's also part of the point of religions. So a big thing that people deal with and aren't even aware of it is resistance. Um, a very good book is kind of the same idea of, you know, a similar idea to Watiko and the Archons and all that. A very good book that talks about it is called The War of Art, not The Art of War, The War of Art. And basically talks all about this resistance. And this is in reference to, say, like an artist or a writer or, say, a podcaster that they have a certain resistance to doing what they want to do. Even though that they know they want to do it, they have an idea of what they want to do, they can't overcome this resistance. And I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, once you think about it, you realize it like, okay, why is there a resistance to starting this project? Why is there a resistance to writing this book? Or, you know, there's something that you know that you want to do. Like for the longest time I wanted the podcast, but I couldn't break through the resistance barrier of doing it. And it's, it's amazing how you, once you actually break through that barrier and you stay, you, you sit down and you press record and you start talking, there's no resistance. You just, you just start talking. That's what I do on my podcast. I have a little bit of notes. I just press record and I just go where it goes. But the hardest part is sitting down, getting that microphone and pressing that record button. But once I get through that, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm here 25 minutes into a podcast just talking. So getting past that resistance is big. And that also has to do with the ego and the, you know, the, the pain body, because you're, you're in pain and that pain body and that ego wants you to continue to be in pain. But if you're doing what you want to do, you're writing your book, you're, you're listening or you're recording your podcast, you're doing what you want to do. So you're not letting that pain body control you. It's very important. Even if it's something very simple, you know, you're picking up and playing guitar. You want to play guitar and you have a resistance to it. Just do it. Break through that resistance and do it. And you'll see where it gets you because you don't have that worry anymore. It's really great. It's really wonderful. The biggest thing is that we must transmute the pain body from within. You can't do it without. We can't do it with material things. We have to do it from within us. That's that's what true alchemy is all about, turning lead into gold. And it's not about physically turning lead into gold. It's about turning yourself, this hard-based, you know, lead-based thing to something of a higher consciousness. You're transmuting a, your lower consciousness to a higher consciousness. And that's what the base of alchemy is really all about. And that's even what a lot of religions talk about, is being this, you're this lower self, you're, you know, recognized with the body, and it's transmuting yourself to a higher state of consciousness because that's what all religions kind of at the end of their day talk about now another big aspect of all this is fear uh, basically we all have some sort of fear and a very small state of fear is useful say in a survival scenario and all that but that's a little bit different because what we all experience in this modern world is a psychological fear and the psychological fear is it's always about something that might happen you know how many how many people have fear out there that it's about something that hasn't happened it might happen and you're like worried about it you know the truther community like for a while i was worried about the big cyber attack that was going to bring down the, you know the whole government the whole structure of you know electrical grid and computers and all that and like i was worried about that for a little bit but now it's like okay well so what? What if it happens? Quite frankly, if that happened, it would... the way I see it is if they're this World Economic Forum and all this crap with all the stuff that they want to do, 
all it's going to do is push the people that we're going to play along into their system, pull them right along into the system, and it's going to push all the people that want to be free out of the system and living how we should be. Well, I say how we should be, but how I believe we should be, which is one with nature, living in small communities, not in these big cities, you know, living off the land, growing your own food, raising your own animals, doing all this stuff naturally and not in these synthetic city-based scenarios like they want it to be. That's why I really stopped worrying about all that because as long as I do what I need to do, I live how I want to live, I don't need to worry about any of that because what are they going to do? They, we all have to accept it too. We have the free free will to choose to accept their system or not. And that's why they have to put so much energy and effort into trying to control us and hurt us into these systems that we know are horrible for us. And they, we know they're horrible and negative and only benefit the few. So, you know, it, they use fear with all that. Fear is a major, major part of that. If you get someone afraid, you can, you know, they, they have this limited band, you know, you get them into like a fight or flight mode and you get them afraid, you can kind of hurt them into one thing because you they, they can have different options, but if they're afraid, they're only going to see the option that's going to save them right away. We see this a lot with the big thing with, with COVID was people were scared. You know, you wear the mask, you hurt people into wearing masks or you don't, and then you shame them for not wearing masks. And then it was the vaccine. You know, here's the only option that we have. You know, you're afraid, take the vaccine. Now, the people that weren't afraid of it, obviously, they don't, they don't take the vaccine. But you got enough people to take this vaccine, that's going to cause, obviously, you know, I don't want to get into that on this podcast, but I think we all know by now that the vaccine is bad news, okay? But all fear, it, it's derived from the ego's fear of death. Us, we, we don't die. Our, our spirit lives on. The body dies the ego dies that's why a big thing with people that do psychedelic drugs they do when they do a mass amount they get to a point where they call it ego death where this ego is gone and all you have is the true self the true enlightened mind speaking and you're listening to that that's what a lot of people kind of strive for with that the ego wants you to think that if the ego dies you die too when that couldn't be farther from the truth if the ego dies, your true self lives on Inf infinitely, infinitely. So recognizing the ego, recognizing the negativity associated with it and the control it tries to have over your body and your mind and your soul, you can move through that. You can get over that fear. You can kill off the ego and live as you should following your true self following your true path and not letting this ego control you like that's a huge thing with people that are trying to dominate other people you know power over others is really just weakness disguised as strength if you are like these world economic forum people they are the weakest people you know these world leaders and stuff they are the weakest people you could possibly imagine they're so weak that they sit around in a room and think about how they can control everybody because they're so weak and insecure in themselves that they want to try and control everybody else so that they can feel better, so they can feel safer. That's that's really what it all comes down to. They are afraid of us because they're afraid of themselves because they're human, okay? They're human, but if they're doing things that are so anti-human, it's a very, very deep psychological self-hate that they enact on the entire world, you know? 
that's what the whole they identify completely materialistically you know they don't believe in a god these you know a, a good god a positive god or whatever you know it's not god can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people obviously god isn't some dude sitting in the clouds on a chariot okay it's something much deeper than that god is in all of us but they they choose to go on the other side but when you take it on a different level we need that dark side to for the light to be able to shine through what we have to do is as collectively as as a civilization get all our light together we have to recognize this all at the same time and shine the light on the darkness and that's what a lot of people are doing with you know conspiracies and all that they're shining lights on the darkness metaphorically through videos and you know all that but we need more we need a mass a mass consciousness scale to shine a light on the darkness and then you know because that's really what they're doing they're just following the energies of the universe i don't know if anybody is into the astrology and all that real real astrology something like vedic astrology they just follow the energies of the universe this doesn't you know these star patterns and planetary formations and all that they don't necessarily mean that something has happened or is going to happen it just means that there's these energies there's just potential for that to happen and then these you know fake world leaders use that energy use that potential for their own nefarious means so if we recognize it we we use it for the positive for the light side to shine on the darkness then that's you know that's how we can overcome that but before all of that before we worry about the world economic forum before we worry about any of that stuff we have to be inside ourselves we have to find our true selves within shine our own light on our own darkness and overcome it because how how do we expect to overcome the the worldly darkness you know satan himself on a world scale if we can't overcome it within ourself and that's that's huge that's like as i'm saying that right now i realize how important that truly is because so many people especially myself included for the longest time was trying to shine the light externally without ever shining the light internally and if you never shine that light internally you're not going to be you're not going to be strong enough or have a strong enough light to overcome anything externally on especially on a world scale we have to accept about where the state of the world is and where things are right now and we also have to accept that for things to move forward we have to change things within ourselves to complain and whine about things which i did for the longest time is just non-acceptance about what it is so if we're not accepting the state of the world we're not accepting the state of ourselves first then we're only going to drive ourselves deeper in a hole because really all there is with stuff like that is three options we can remove ourselves from a situation we can change the situation or we can accept it totally and a lot of people myself included were in this constant state of kind of juggling all three without actually ever doing anything and then that's been a state of myself or with a lot of things in my life i would either try and fight something but like half ass it so i didn't really get anywhere i kind of just was where i started or maybe even worse off because i didn't commit so you gotta you gotta pick one of those three things you gotta either remove yourself from a situation change it or accept it totally you can't do a mix of the three because it, it won't work so you have to sit down you know my suggestion is write down all scenarios or situations or life situations that you're unhappy with and write down okay am i going to remove myself from this 
you know, are you going to remove yourself from paying taxes and the government and just go live in the woods? Are you going to change it? Are you going to try and change your scenario, change where you live, change the government? I don't know. Or are you just going to accept it and accept that the system is miserable and you're unhappy and just move on with your life? Now, it in a sense, it's a kind of, like I see, I, see I say that now, I don't even know, but it's like, there's, you can almost do a combination of removing yourself and changing it because the way I see it is if you can remove yourself from a bad situation, figure out how to function outside of it, and then change the situation for other people. That's kind of what I want to do in a sense. I want to be self-sufficient. But then once I'm self-sufficient, I want to be able to help everybody else around me be self-sufficient because that's the ultimate way to get out of control or out of their control system is to be self-sufficient. So you're not relying on their energy. You're not relying on their water. You're not relying on their food. You rely on yourself and you rely on nature. So there's no control system for that. There's no control system for someone living on, you know, on their own farm, you know, on their own land, you know, maybe whatever, maybe you have to pay taxes. I don't know if there's really a true tax-free zone unless you're someone living in the complete middle of nowhere on your own, but you're still going to need other people you're, you're always going to need some other people. You're going to need a community of some kind. You know, very, very, very few people can live truly, truly, truly on their own in the middle of the woods and off the land and all that. And that, to be that lonely, what you would be miserable. You know, we, we need community. We need other people around us. But just whatever you do choose, you need to accept, you know, choose it totally. Accept the path chosen and don't look back. Because once you look back, once you you know think that maybe another path was better, you're you're faltering. So you have to accept whatever path you choose, and accept it totally. You know, only refer to the past when it's a situation that can benefit the present now. So that's what people talk about learning history for is basically you learn history so you're not doomed to repeat it. When personally, I think that we just go through cycles as a civilization. You know, every 80 years or so there's these cyclical cyclical you know evolutions through society that take us up and down and all around when you know none of it really matters because it's all in the present it's all different but at the same time there's these cyclical revolutions of peace of disharmony of war so you know some of it some of it matters a lot to the present some of it is completely irrelevant and also there's a lot of history especially in our textbooks that is just total made-up nonsense so you know living in the past and accepting the past and the history doesn't really change much right now you know you can see you know how they're repeating certain things like uh you know stuff like the bolshevik re revolution in russia is kind of happening here in the united states where you see communism kind of creeping in through the back door but you know is that is it happening on a consciousness scale? Is it happening through the media, or is it you know, you know we have to recognize it, live in the present, accept the past for what it was or what we think it was, but just not let it affect our present state of awareness. One stage that's really big too is the belief in a future heaven creates a present hell. So if you believe that there's a future heaven for yourself or you're going to achieve this thing you're going to achieve that thing i talked about earlier 
you know, if you get a house, you get a wife, whatever it is, you think that's going to be your heaven and you're going to be happy. You're going to be miserable up until that time where you, you think that you get there. Even then, you're going to be miserable. If you're constantly thinking about a better future, you're creating a worse now. So as long as you always live in the present, you live in the now, you're going to have a better future, just naturally. You know, a better clock time future, whatever it is. Just always living in the now. You just have to constantly think that you have already succeeded. You've already succeeded. You've already accomplished your goals. And now it's just letting the universe do its work and you doing the work. And then it it happens naturally. It, it just comes about naturally. And I'm not saying that in a, a like, you know, the secret where just the, um, you know, you just think about something a whole lot and it's going to come to you. You know, that, that's not how the universe works. You know, hermetic principles, uh, the law of, um, law of attraction, you know, that's what's talked about a lot. And it's, it's not, it's like warped into this, you know, you just think about something and you're going to get a car. That's not how that works at all. So you just have to, you know, bring those thought, bring those positive thoughts out, put in the work and you know, those things will come to you. It's like energies attract like energies. It's not necessarily a, you know, positive, negative attraction, like a lot of things with that. People with a certain frequency will tr attract people with a certain frequency. Like how many times have you seen someone that's angry, you know, find someone else that's angry and fight them or whatever. And it's something like that, like happy people might find other happy people. And truly happy people, when they recognize an unhappy person or a miserable person, they're either going to totally avoid them or they're going to try and help them and then bring them up to their higher happiness like they are. There's not a lot of truly happy people that are getting brought down by miserable people. It doesn't really happen that often. Maybe temporarily, but overall, no. So overall with this, um, one of the biggest takeaways from this too, from this episode I hope you take, is that one of the secrets of life is to die before you die, which is like that ego death. You know, once that ego is gone... Once that physical body is gone, you realize there is no death. There is only transition. That's why people, a lot of people, uh, they, they talk about, they don't talk about death. They say they're, you know, they transitioned. Because it really is a transition from this physical form to a spiritual, ethereal form. And when you're in that form, you're everywhere. You're constant. There's no, you know, you're not limited by your body anymore. So that's one of the biggest takeaways from this, you know, living in the now is very very important being present being an outside observer of your mind is very important recognizing that fear only controls you and it's from the ego and it's all derived from the ego's fear of death and we all have to accept whatever situations we're in because we also have to realize too that we on some conscious level before we were um born into this world we accepted the life that we have so that's why I think that we have free will and at the same time we are determined because I think our lives are determined ahead of time. But while we're here, we have free will to act out that. But at the same time, we determine. I think I talked about this on a previous podcast. So I hope you get what I mean with that. It's, it's kind of confusing. I don't know if people understand it or not. I don't know if I truly understand it. I don't think we can really truly understand it. But... You know, look and looking a lot into you know near death experiences and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people that have 
very, very similar stories to tell about how they're supposed to be here for a certain thing. When they die, they're supposed to go back with certain information and all that. Like, we're not meant to come into this world with all that knowledge. It's, I think, partially part of the lessons of this world and part of the growing of being in this world, in this realm, is to, you know, like how many people do you know that were had the worst childhoods, worst lives and all that? And they transmuted all of that negativity into being a strong, positive light beacon for the world. It happens a lot. You know, just on like a low frequency scale, a lot of athletes, you know, a lot of athletes have really, really terrible childhoods. You know, inner city is terrible stuff. And they grow on to be, you know, incredible basketball players or whatever it is. You know, it, it's, it's part of the journey of being here. We all have our different purpose. We all have our different lessons we're supposed to learn, the different journeys we're supposed to be on. And it seems like the harder you push through, like the more negative things you have to go through and you overcome, it only makes you stronger. You know, like the old saying, whatever kill you, whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And that is so true. That's so, 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 so true. You overcome the hardships. It makes you a stronger person, a stronger spirit. Your, your mind's going to be stronger. Everything about you will be stronger the more you go through. As long as you obviously don't let the negativity consume you, which happens to a lot of people too, especially today. You know, a lot of overdoses, a lot of suicides. you got a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and a lot of people can't handle it. But at the same time, that's part of their journey. That's part of their soul journey, their soul contract they made to come here. So, you know, I don't want to go on deep on that level, but I've, I think I've talked about it before. It's it's interesting stuff. The Tibetan, Tibetan Book of the Dead talks a lot about that stuff. And a lot of it is just kind of my personal beliefs on listening to people, listening to the near-death experiences, listening to different, you know, different people talk about that kind of stuff. It's kind of how I gather the information. So, yeah, I hope you uh, learn a little bit here. I'm probably going to do a few more episodes kind of like this. I got a lot of spiritual books that I've been reading, and with my injury, I'm just kind of hanging out and reading. So it's definitely a long process. I should be walking within a month or two, so... Yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned a little bit. I'm probably gonna make a part two to this, just expand on things a little bit more, because this is this is stuff that's really most important. Because if you're not, like I said before, if your internal world is messed up, the external world is gonna be messed up. So until you fix yourself internally, everything externally is gonna be, you know, problems and issues. At least from your eyes and your perspective, because it's all perspective. That's what the universe is. It's a uh, it's all viewed from your perspective, all inside your own head. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned a little bit. You can email me if you you know have any questions or you want to talk or you want to come on the podcast. Just email me at proclaimemancipation at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you all. And continue in love and abundance. Okay.